Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back here to another episode of the Trady Business School podcast, where we have real conversations that relate directly to your business and how to help you scale and grow, get more time back, and uh, build a sustainable business. Pretty excited about today's episode. I've got uh, my partner in crime, the head coach. Miranda here with me here today. Uh, how are you, Miranda? Thank you for joining me. I am fabulous. Thank you, Adam. I'm pretty excited about today's topic. What are we talking about? Well, today we're going to talk about some crazy things or one crazy thing in particular that you've done and uh, that for everybody who um, is listening right now, if you've never heard of an ultra marathon. It is a marathon beyond the standard 42.2 kilometres. And for this one, please correct me if I'm wrong, it was 100 kilometres you covered in less than a day, Miranda. Is, is that correct? Like, because it sounds crazy to say, but uh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. So uh, it was actually just uh, last December. So when uh, I'm not quite sure exactly when this episode, when you're all in your cars driving around, wherever you are listening to this, when it's exactly <laughs> going to be scheduled. It'll be in the not too distant future, but um, it was uh, December 2022 that I uh, ran my first ever uh, ultramarathon, not my first ever ultramarathon, but my first ever 100-kilometre ultramarathon. Yeah, nice. So and I, we were talking offline before. You said the ultramarathon is anything over 42Ks. So does that tell me you've, you've been pretty crazy and, you know, covered over 42Ks in one session more than once? Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. i I've now lost count, which is really quite an interesting thing that I've not considered before opening my mouth this very second. Wow. So, yeah, I've done, yeah, more than five. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's insane. So, I mean, for, for me, I was, I was in awe when you completed it. Like we were, you know, we've been working together during the whole time you were preparing for it. And, and uh, well, I guess not really because you've been preparing this for, for uh, you know, your whole running career essentially. but. I really want to unpack this for the listeners because there's, you know, there's a couple of different angles here that I think is important. The, the achievement in itself, running um, or, I mean, because you didn't run the whole way from, from memory, but you ran a lot of it. You, you covered 100Ks in less than 24 hours, which is, you know, just, I was gobsmacked when that, that anyone would want to do that, let alone actually achieve it. But also, so the achievement itself is something, you know, where we, you know, going back a few podcast episodes, we talked about, you know, achieving a, the, the 100th episode, you know, for you, you, you achieved the 100th kilometre, um, which is pretty cool. But there's also many parallels between running a marathon, particularly of that, that duration, you know, that the, the meta, it's, it's got such a beautiful metaphor for itself and for business. So, um, I would love to know. Like, I don't want to. I don't take any more any more airtime than absolutely necessary because it's a fascinating story. But um, you know, tell me, how did you get into running marathons to start with? But then to go, oh, you know what, forty two point two kilometers is just not long enough. I think I might do a hundred. Yeah, good question. So. It was a couple, let's go back. Uh, I'm just going to give you a really short backstory. So, and then we're going to jump into a lot of the why, the, the preparation. And, 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 and if you stick with the episode long enough, I'm going to go through, there's probably about four 
uh, three or four key key lessons that certainly will apply to every single one of you listening. So this is not just an episode talking about, hey, Miranda's done this cool thing, um, which I, I will happily say I'm really, really proud of myself. And I think that's something that all human beings, every one of you listening, I would love for all of you to be able to say, hey, I'm really proud of myself. And, yeah. and so this is something I am. I will hand or heart say, I'm really proud of myself for what I achieved here. And whether I'd finished the 100K or not, I still would have been proud of myself. Um, yeah. this, is a, this is a story that uh, is really a metaphor for business and for life and for doing mm. hard things that matter and help us grow. So this is a metaphor for all of you, and that's why we're unpacking it today. So going back a couple of years, I've actually sort of lost track, but I ran my first uh, 50K Ultra in 2020. It was the uh, early 2020, and I had a harebrained idea about four months earlier, 17 weeks earlier to be exact, um, at the end of probably 2019, where I decided I was going to run a 50K Ultra. I was currently at that stage doing park run. For those of you that know what park run is, it's a five-kilometer run that happens on Saturdays in Australia, a free uh, run. So I went from 5Ks to 50 in 17 weeks. And how did I do that? Well, I found some really good coaches, got them in my corner, did what I was bloody well told. That's what I did because I wanted the goal. So I did that. Um, And since then, I, I just got hooked on doing it and I've run um, quite a few different um, ranging 45k uh, runs, 50k ultras, 21k, different things like that. So I love running trails um, more than road. And so yeah. I tend to be out on that wild free terrain, which I very much love. So yeah, and we'll, we'll certainly get into the, the terrain because it wasn't just the terrain that was interesting, the weather. I mean, December in, in Australia is predominantly hot, like it's the middle of summer. But uh, but that's not what you encounter. But we'll get to that, I'm sure. But uh, you know, how what what was the what was the decision? What what made you flip from going? I'm going to just go from I guess fun park runs, and and I guess if we draw the metaphor with business, mm. kind of that side hustle. You know, this is something I do for fun. You know, I get you know on Saturdays I go for a run in the park with you know a group of people. And then turning it into like what's become a huge part of your life, you know, like, you know, we talk and hear about all your adventures and runs and that sort of thing all the time now. So it's become a real staple in your, you know, daily, weekly, monthly sort of almost self-care, you know. It's something that you you really, like you said, take a lot of pride in and you should. It's, it's incredible. But uh, I'd love to understand in more detail what... <laughs> makes you go from running 5Ks to 50 in 17 weeks. Like, I mean, I've done some crazy stuff in my time, but that that just takes the cake for me. Yeah, it's, it was a funny one. The, the catalyst was working with a health coach. And, in fact, I don't know the episode number. Um, so if you go back to the uh, Tradies Health Month uh, that I recorded last year, Justin Maguire was my health coach at the time. And he helped me get from a two out of 10 energy, barely getting out of bed, couldn't get my ass to the gym, to then I'm a nine out of 10. I'm like, what am I going to do with this energy? I know, I'll run an ultra. He was like, you're mad. I'm like, okay, but you know, help me do it. So yeah. that's that's kind of what it was, was, but also too, it's more than that. It's that I coach people and have coached people for many, many years. And one of the things that I encourage them all to do is to expand their comfort zones, to do hard things, yeah. to grow, to do all of these things. And yet, so for this was very much about me metaphorically walking my talk. How can I stand and how can I authentically and congruently encourage people to really stretch and embrace um, and do things that, quite frankly, you know, scare them 
to yeah. and and that are really uncomfortable when I don't do it myself. So I said, you know what, Miranda, just just get get a few runs in and and just go go yeah. all the way for now. So could you could you have not just could you have not just like you know engaged a coach and maybe like done some you know self help stuff like I mean that's being congruent but this is and and this is something I talk about quite often you know a little bit of uh, all or nothing that we see in high performers mm-hmm. you know and and that's you know there's no two ways about that you are 100% a high performer but I mean I, I get the congruence thing you know being able to walk your talk but. It's it's still extreme. Like, I mean, why not just marathon? I think the the answer to that, Adam, is half marathon even. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've done that, and I was like, well, what next? So right. let's go more. And and in every one, you never know if actually you're going to ever get to the finish line. Uh, anyone that's run a marathon, a half marathon, done trail running, will know you just never know how it's really going to go on the day, despite preparation. I think that's yeah. a beautiful parallel for business. You can have the best plans. You can have everything lined up and shit will still hit the fan and it doesn't work out. And it's how we show up in moments when our back is against the wall and and stuff goes wrong mm. that really is a testament to our character. So, And this was really about um, getting my back against the wall and, and metaphorically so that I was stretched, pushed, um, and really got to know myself and and how to handle certain things. Yep. There's so, As well as that, there's so many parallels in business around um, goal setting, being uncomfortable, uncertainty, you know, and, and let's face it, businesses are built on doing repetitive, unsexy, undesirable things, yeah, right? Yeah. That's how we achieve our goals. It's not about setting a big, shiny goal and starting it going, woohoo, I'm feeling really great and motivated. And then voila, the goal is achieved. You've actually got to yeah. show up day in, day out to get there. And, and that's very much what running is about. But why did I go that far? Yeah, I don't know. I think there's an element <laughs> of, I fell in love with being out on the trails. COVID was a very, it was a, oh, it was a blessing. And I got locked in the Blue Mountains and everyone yeah. got locked out. That and sucks. so, yeah, no one was. What a, what a terrible place to be locked in all by yourself yeah, or so with I, relatively few people. I know. And so I, I set about uh, with, a, with a close friend of mine, set about pretty much doing every trail and, and let's get every map out. We did every trail we could get our feet on in the mountains and I kind of mentally GPS mapped it all. But throughout that, I, I pushed a lot of limits and discovered a lot about myself. And so this was just a, a natural next step. Now, this is about pushing our own limits. You know, we are our own limits. We really are. And, you know, I just find most people live their life like they've got another one in the bank and we don't. We get one go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yeah. It's it's so interesting the amount of time that I talk to people, and it's like, are you happy with what you've got? And it's like, no. And it's like, okay, well, do you want to do something about it? And it's like, I'm scared. And it's like, well, what's more scary, staying where you are for the rest of your life, or taking a leap of faith and trying something different to maybe get a different result? And you know, you you kind of take that to the next level, but um. Yeah. Uh, you know what? So, so the backstory is obviously, you know, it started off small, friendly runs, uh, and then it moved into like this challenge. You know, I guess being congruent with what you teach and those sorts of things. So that's that's really cool. Is there any other reasons that you um, that you actually run the marathons? Like, what's what does it give you? What does it give me? Well, it's a bizarre sense of achievement at the end of it. In fact, the whole thing is pretty horrendous. You get nervous. Yeah. Beforehand, then it hurts a whole lot. Then it hurts a whole lot more. 
then you question your sanity. Anyone that's run a trail run before will know that you have a uh, questioning your own sanity moment at some stage. Normally it's pretty ugly at that point. Yet you cross the finish line and it's then and afterwards you're like, I, I did that, I pushed through. One of the other key reasons I do it is I love I love the community and the people. So being around a group of people that you tell them you're going to run 50Ks and they're like, oh, good on you. Not, not like, whack. Thing. It's yeah. and it's not that they don't appreciate it. That's it's very there's a there's a line there. They totally understand, mm. and it is it is the norm. It is okay, but it doesn't matter if you do less. Everyone will encourage, and it's a beautiful community of people. Mm. That and, mm. and it's any community. So yes, I love the community of trail runners. But this goes um, for you know, everyone listening. Like you find your tribe, find people yeah. that are into the thing you're in, and you are a values match. And you surround yourself with people that you can show up as you, be congruent with who you are, yeah. know that they will have your back and they will stretch you and, and encourage you to live bigger and to yeah. not and live you, a small you, life. Yeah, I think, I think you know, like you don't know until you know, obviously. That's the tricky part, right, is as people go through these journeys of levelling up and growth, you don't know that you haven't found your tribe until you actually start finding them. And, and the, the discussions are very different. You know, like you said, like the talking to somebody in your, in that community that you're going to do that, that run, they're like, Oh, that's cool. You know, like, how can we support you? How can we get around you? You know, what do you need? They want to be helpful. Whereas when you say it to somebody like me, who's not in that community, and I'm like, oh my God, you're a crazy woman. I mean, that's not, that's obviously not how I reacted, but you know, for somebody that's not part of that tribe, like it'd be really easy to fall into the, oh my God, what are you doing? Are you, are you actually sane? Like there, there was times where I, I asked you that question. Are you okay? Is everything okay? But you know, I think that that's once again, a great metaphor and the parallel between business owners and you know this this situation here is you know business owners often go to you know family and friends to talk about business and it's like they don't get it. it's like you know you coming to me and talking to me about trail running as much as i'm in awe of it like i don't get it <laughs> you know i i mean i get the achievement side of it and that and that's that's a cool thing but people that get trail and they get that metaphor, like they get it on a whole different level because that's your tribe, you know. It's one of the things I think that we, we you know, we focus on here at TGC is, um, and Trady Business School is getting the community right. So makes it really much different place to do life from when you're supported and loved in that in that way. So yeah, absolutely. You know, you know when you find your tribe, and you know when you're not in your tribe. Yeah, you, and 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 those are the things. They're very much a feeling based thing. So, but we is is surrounding yourself with people you know that will champion you and won't let yeah. you give up. I did. I heard this great um great quote uh, just recently. Someone shared a video with me around endurance running, and it said, "True success is not the absence of failure; it is the refusal to surrender." Yeah, and geez, there was a lot of times I wanted to surrender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and that's yeah, quite profound. Like it, and and this is the thing: the business journey's no no different. You know, the like I can count. Well, I've lost count of the amount of times I've wanted to chuck it in. Sometimes it's been on a daily basis. Mm. Sometimes it's been on that hourly basis. But yeah, that that is so profound. You know, the it's not the absence of failure. It's it's just never saying never. You know, like just constantly going and constantly going. So. 
So I, I guess, sorry, you were going to. I was going to add to that, Adam, around, and there, I think there's a, there's a subtlety that I also would add to that, that quote, the refusal to surrender. So I think there are times where we need to think about when we do surrender. Like there are times where we need to know when to quit and know when yeah. to stop. It is not just, you know, we're not just saying, you know, and, and bloody-mindedly continue going at the cost of yourself and at the cost of others in the greater good. Uh, yeah, um, it is not that. So um, I just thought I was supposed to add that caveat to that quote as well. So, but it's definitely yeah. thought a lot about you know this refusal to surrender. So you know even that that uh, those moments when you start thinking, well, what what does surrender feel like to me? What would I what would I be surrendering from? That's a whole other conversation. However, <laughs> you know, I think probably the next place we could go to here um, is how did I prepare? This was something that I was asked recently by one of our clients actually in the program who runs himself. And if you're listening, you'll know who you are. And <laughs> and he asked me, he asked me, how did I prepare my mindset? And I went, you know what, I haven't actually considered that at this point. And that was a little while ago, um, actually days afterwards, he asked me that. So I've got a couple of angles here and how did I prepare? So I prepared physically. And so, you know, this physically, yeah, I, I, I got programs. I got a running program. I go to the gym regularly. I listen to my body. I had to work on a relationship with injury, with niggles, with health. I mean, geez, anyone that has been around the last, you know, 2022, isn't that the year of you know, every sort of flu and illness that decided to run rampant? And so, you know, when people are listening to this 10 years from now, they'll have a good chuckle. Oh, was it was like back then. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we got out of COVID yeah. and then the flu decided to run rampant and bugs yeah. and things. So, so that's what happened. I prepared physically. That goes without saying. You don't enter into running 100 kilometers or even 50 kilometers or so without doing nothing. So that was the showing up every day, getting up, getting up when I didn't want to get up. That is setting myself up for success by putting my gear out every morning before I, you know, before I go to bed when the alarm goes off at five in the morning to remove friction. And that's one of the things I talk about in the program a lot is when you've got a goal that requires a habit or a routine or doing something regularly to achieve it, remove mm. friction from it. So in this case, it was me. I've got a, a plastic basket. Um, you have a bag, have a place, whatever you do. I lay my clothes out every single night yeah. because it removes friction in the morning because believe it or not, not knowing where my socks are is probably enough to have me get back in bed. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, that's, that's something we see all the time, isn't it? You know, it's just... One little hurdle, one little stumbling block can derail somebody's progress yeah. massively. So, so the more things you can take, and and the thing is, when we're outside of our window of tolerance, you know, being able to make really clear, cool, calm, collected decisions, we, um, you know, we, those, those friction points become huge. Yeah. You know, they they be they move from friction points to sticking points, and sticking points to stuck points. So, so yeah, that's that's a great metaphor for um, you know. Making things simple and smooth. It is, yeah, absolutely. The second part of how I uh, prepared is mindset. So there's two key things. I really thought about this for a while, and a couple of key things. The first one was I gave myself permission to fail. There was mm. very much around permission in that I I decided I'd already won if I crossed the start line. I'd already won because I'd entered. Yeah. Um, that I even dared to dared to believe or dream or give it a go. Uh, I'd already won. I gave myself permission to fail at any point, yet knowing that I wasn't going to just give up, right? I, yeah. gave, I was okay. I'd sort of built a relationship with that. What and would you say the nuance is between giving up and failure? I think the nuance would be- Because I know for a lot of people out there, they'd be kind of looking at that and going, 
well, isn't failing giving up and and the you know one in the in the same, but they but they're very they can be quite different, you know. Like and and I think for me, if I was to to kind of try and nuance that, it, it would be, you know, the the failure. It, it all comes back to intent, you know, like and it's all based in around what's the intention here and and giving yourself permission to fail or or not complete that task because the task in itself is so huge. And without the, I guess, the data of knowing that you can get there, like, is it really failing or is it just another stepping stone on the way to achieving the goal anyway? Yeah, yeah. Got any other nuances you'd like to add to that? Yeah, what came to mind was it internal versus external, Adam? So for Mm. me, my permission to fail was if something external to me stopped me, and external to me meaning I got a virus and got sick, I was ill, I got an injury. Things you know, out of your control. Out of my control, yeah, outside my control, external to me, yep. meant that I couldn't finish and I had to make decisions. If I went down and sprained an ankle or, yep. uh, I mean, I, I was I got sicker than I'd ever been in the seven days leading up to it. I was in bed. I didn't do anything for seven days. I didn't even know I'd make the start line. That's how sick I was. Yeah. And so I didn't even know if I was going to make, I knew I'd, I'd know within the first five to 10 Ks really if my body was going to go, nah, you're not doing this, Miranda. Yeah. So I gave myself permission like that. The nuance there is when your mind gets in the way and your thoughts, which are just a, a story in your mind and a meaning mm. a moment, when they, if, if they started getting in my way, well, then I was going to have a word with them. Yeah. <laughs> and it would have been a stern word too. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. So that was the difference. The other, the other part of the mindset I looked at was I accepted and allowed that hurdles and obstacles would be part of the journey. And so that alludes a little bit to the illness, obstacles, hurdles, all of those things. So in that, it may not work out exactly as I planned. So I hear people out there often in business, oh, I'm a perfectionist or I've got this plan. And the moment the plan doesn't stay the plan, they, you know, up stumps and and quit. And. As well, a, that's one of those friction points, isn't it? Oh, we've deviated off the track. What's the point now? Yeah, totally. And so it was an acceptance. So those two words I, I've chosen carefully to accept and allow. Yeah. Accept and allow that obstacles are part of the journey. So accept that they will be there and allow them to be there. And mm. what would be a, a parallel in business that you see all the time? Well, I mean, I, th- I mean, I, I hate to use COVID as an example. I mean, no one, you know, you got to accept and allow that one. Yeah. Uh, it might be, I mean, you look at supply chain stuff at the moment or, or mm. some of the, someone lose my words here, the people, recruiting issues, people can't find staff. Um, yeah. The market demands, you know, pricing, all sorts of things, economic stuff that is going on, um, hurdles and obstacles. You might have personal stuff come up in your world that affects your ability to show up in business. Yeah. You know, accept and allow those for a period of time. And and then know when you're using them as an excuse versus you really need to care for yourself and others. Yeah, Those there's a, there's a subtle nuance there between it being a, an excuse and a reason. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah. with it really um, be, because you know the amount of people that that do get hung up on things and and they get so bogged down in the the stuff that's out of their control. You know, all mm-hmm. those things you just mentioned. Then it's like, okay, cool. But what's in your control? Rather than focusing on all that stuff and wasting energy thinking about things that we can't control, and I think that's obviously what got you through this is constantly bringing it back to what's in your control, your thoughts, your feelings, your yeah. emotions, and and drilling down on that and constantly checking in with yourself, but also having compassion for yourself and having that 
what you said before, that acceptance that it was okay to stop at any time. Like you had already achieved the goals set out and and the plan that you'd mapped out, anything else from there is a bonus. And I think that sometimes that's worth, you know, bringing into our own lives too, particularly from a client service point of view is under promise over deliver, mm-hmm. you know. You, with with if you had promised yourself that you must finish that 100Ks, I can only imagine the mind games that would have gone on with you throughout there. But knowing that you had permission any time to stop and it was okay and you'd already won, it's such a different place to come at that task from, I think. Yeah. Energetically, it shifts things. Yeah. Uh, and without going a whole, down a whole woo-woo rabbit hole, but it does energetically, it creates space and it does shift things when we um, are gentler with ourselves and, yeah. and we do those things. So the third the third part of how I prepared was support. So, so important. Yeah. So we cannot, we, honestly, we human beings, we can't do, we can't live alone. We're designed for connection. We are not solo human beings you think in prisons what is the worst thing that they can do to a human being the worst form of punishment solitary confinement solitary confinement that is the worst torture for a human being and and so uh as you know know, taking that and thinking about support i didn't do this alone at Mm. all i surrounded myself with a support crew uh before and after so you know i i have a fantastic physio who kept me in tune i have my health coach who keeps my my inner biomechanics um, sorted, and I you know, worked with him for several years, and he he's yeah. and support for the event. I surrounded myself with a support crew who were there driving. They drove more kilometers than I ran driving <laughs> to all the checkpoints, setting stuff up, bringing me my gear, changing my shoes and socks, yeah. laying stuff out for me, um, and being there, sleeping in the back of cars in the middle of the night to be there crewing for me when I came into stations. So I did wow. not alone. I always, I always love the the people out there touting that they're self made. You know, I think that that's it's the biggest load of bollocks I think I've ever heard. <laughs> like people that are you know standing on top of their mountain of money or whatever it is, like you you don't get there, you can't leverage that unless you've won cross lotto or something. But even then, you've relied on somebody to sell you a ticket. Like I can't think of a time where somebody's achieved something and they haven't had a team. Like and the bigger the goal, like the bigger the team needs to be, you know, and and like you talk about the specialists that you actually bring into that team, like the support crew in itself is kind of a specialist environment because they've got to know what you need and when you need it and how you need it. But all those, you know, the the physio and and the um, you know, the health specialists that you're working with, they've all kind of got their role role to play, and I think that that's the thing that people often forget in the business space is that they think they've got to do it all by themselves, you know. I, I mean, I put my hand up, like, in the early days, the ego ran rampant, you know. It, it still does. Every now and again, I've got to rein it in. Sometimes Miranda reins it in for me, <laughs> points it out, hey. But, you know, the, I think that that's, you know, the, the the team side of things, the community side of things, like, if if you really if you really want to go far with things, you, you have to focus on building a team. Yeah, you do. And and choosing the right people to be around you, those that know you, support you, champion you, uh, mm. and use match for you. Very, very, very important. They 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 get you. So yeah. you know, I the the last part of this I think which I'd love to share with everyone is the I suppose the lessons or what I learned. Right? Yeah. Look, what I think takeaways? this is 
I think this is, yeah, definitely important, right? Because it feeds back into why. <laughs> it does, absolutely. And these are the, it's, I always look at things, so what did I learn from this? What are the, some of the key takeaways and things? Because these are the things that I guess these um, universal truths that can be applied to other things. So if you're not out there thinking, going, geez, I've listened to this, I'd like to go and run an ultra marathon, that's absolutely fine. These lessons will work for you also. <laughs> so one of the first ones, which actually ties into what we were just talking about, which was around the support, which is that we can't succeed alone was one of my key lessons, which mm. is we can't succeed alone. I didn't. There's community. There's other runners. And there's one one runner in particular that I, I fell into, and he was somebody I've never met before, and we ran 98 kilometres together across the finish line. So anyone that's looked at my Instagram, um, which he came around to Hill HQ on Instagram, you'll see me. I've got a photo um, crossing the line with my hand up with a, uh, with a man who I met two kilometres into the race. Uh, and he was running his 11th hundred, his yeah. 11th. And we just ended wow. up finding that we we started pacing together. And never did I believe, nor did he, that we would run and cross the finish line together. We ended up doing the whole race. And, and anyone that's done, gone that far, it's very rare that you will pace at the same pace with somebody. We worked together as a team. I figured along the way, hey, if I'm going to do this with somebody, I'm going to do it with somebody that's done 11 times. I think that's yeah. a smart move. And, you know, we we had a lot of other things and values in common. And believe me, 20 hours out there, we talked a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah it's, and, and, you know, I think that that's like the metaphor I take out of that is something I talk about all the time is standing on the shoulders of giants. You know, like when you can, when you can kind of leap, you know, piggyback or whatever analogy you want to throw in there, somebody that's been there and done it before it just makes it so much easier, you know. It's like having a navigator in a rally car. They know what's around the next turn. They know what's around the next bend. How fast you go and how sideways you want to throw that car, like it's entirely up to you. If you've got a good navigator there, somebody that can guide you through that, and I can, I, I would love to have, you know, recorded those conversations. That would have been a podcast series all by itself. Oh, uh, it was. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> a very, a very experienced um, and and caring, uh, caring man. Who uh, I remember at one point when I was having a having a bit of a, a, a low moment, and I remember he said, "Pain is temporary and regret lasts forever, Miranda." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, "Right, let's go." So, uh, so. You know, if you're listening to this podcast one day, uh, you'll know who you are and uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart for getting me to the finish line. Um, I know we did it together, but certainly you were very much part of me getting there. And I spoke to somebody just the other day and said that I know that the experience would have been very different. Listen to me. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. So. Um, let it out. Let it out, buddy. It's safe space here. Yeah, yeah. For everybody. <laughs> but I love that as well because. Uh, it's bringing heart to all of the things that we do. So yeah, the- that is like I, I just want to pause and honour you for sharing that and being vulnerable and showing you. Your, I'm getting a bit emotional just <laughs> you know watching it. Like it's it's such a beautiful achievement all by itself, and to share that with somebody and to build that connection. Like I can only imagine like that connection would be something that will last for a lifetime because you've been through such an amazing thing together mm. and you know like that will that will form part of your memories forever until you get really old get alzheimer's and forget everything anyway but <laughs> yeah, um, but you know 
yeah, oh. I, I just really want to thank you for 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 sharing that and and being vulnerable like that. It's such a beautiful thing. But uh, carry on. I feel yeah. like there's still a few more lessons. There's a couple more lessons. I won't go on for too much longer. Um, what I do know is that it's passing things on. So whether or not you know we run together again, I know that um, you know there, there are constantly people are always wanting to give back, and it's the continuing passing on and giving back and helping and supporting of others, which is what. Um, you know, keeps communities alive and, and keeps people's dreams alive. So, yeah, that mm. was great. The second one, which applies to so many things, especially business, which is learn to embrace uncertainty. And I have found that running and doing uh, physical things is one of the best ways I know to continue to build my relationship with uncertainty. Mm. Um, you know, we are designed to perpetually grow. It's it's what, as human beings, we are designed to do. And uh, a, a wise mentor of mine has said that, you know, we're designed to perpetually grow. However, it is our relationship with uncertainty that is a critical part of that. I've mm. totally um, minced the exact words that he uses, but that's pretty much the message. Is And this is a great way. So it's, it is the uncertainty. Uh, it is the unknown. Did I think I could do it? No. Did I know how I was going to do it? No. Did I know what I was doing? Did I doubt it? Oh, totally. I doubted myself. Mm. Um, but all of those emotional experiences and thoughts were all part of my relationship with uncertainty that yeah. I know if I continually build, I become, um, I guess, more certain in, in the world. We can never predict. We can never control everything. So what we can control is how we show up in the face of uncertainty. So this is yeah, yeah. how I build that muscle. Yeah. I, I saw a um, I saw a little meme the other day with, and it was you've, you've successfully passed 100% of your bad days. Mm. Um, and the other one that I think goes with, with that, you know, the uncertainty, because a, a lot of that comes, you know, feeds into people's fears. And one thing I always say to people is feel the fear and do it anyway. You know, yeah. understand the fear is going to be there. Like you, nothing has killed you so far, you know, and that's that's ultimately the worst thing that can happen is it's going to kill you. But that could happen sitting in a lounge chair at home trying mm. to play it safe and play it small. But uh, what else you got for us? Well, actually, that was the third. Yeah, I love it. It's like you, you, you've read it because the, the third takeaway I had was learn to build a relationship with your fear because it will never go away. And that's something I've been working on for the last number of years is to understand a particular fear I have that I want to say no. And I have I understand that feeling. Uh, I've, I've built a very strong relationship with it. It is one of my fears, one of my many. And I, I know the feeling when I get it. And I know that the next response I want to say when I feel that fear is no. Mm. And I know when I feel that and I want to say no, I say yes. Yeah, so much about what we do is counterintuitive, right? Like it's I know. All, what you got you here won't get you there and, and all those skills and lessons and stories and beliefs that we've, you know, either had downloaded into us or created ourselves does get us to a point, but the, the, it reaches a point where it also is the thing that keeps you stuck. So Absolutely. And so when I entered, I felt that fear. I wanted to say no. So I said yes, and then the next thing I almost wanted to do was I wanted to um, I wanted to say, put it out to vote with all my support people around me, my friends, everybody I knew. I wanted to put it to vote. Should I do this thing? Oh, and the I external had, validation. Yeah, I wanted external validation, and I caught that one as well. And I entered without any external validation, and then I oh. said, "Hey, guess what? I did, everybody. I entered this thing," <laughs> and they all were like, "Good for you. Good on you." Yeah, nice, nice. No one said, you know, yeah. So 
um, it, it is that. So that's really noticing this. I mean, we could we can unpack that for ages. But the last one before we wind this up is to know that big goals are never achieved in one day and in one moment. Mm-hmm. They are achieved. You know, it takes days. It takes months. It takes years of doing the work to get there. And as I talked about earlier, mm. it is the things that you don't want to do that you have to do regularly. You don't always want to do them. Sometimes you want to do them. Some days they go well. Some days they mm. don't. You've got to show up consistently and do the things yeah. to achieve the goal. So, I, I think one of my favorite sayings around that, and I hope I do it justice and don't get it wrong, is we often underestimate what we can do in a decade and often overestimate what we can do in a year. And I think applying it here, it's like without that plan, without that strategy, like, I mean, you wouldn't, you would, <laughs> I wouldn't have comprehended somebody running 100 kilometers, you know. And, and it feeds back into so many things that have happened over the course of time, you know, the four-minute mile getting broken, things like that. There was a time where people didn't think it was possible. Like that's that underestimation of what we can do in like a decade. Mm. But then we often try and jam everything in to doing it in such a short time. Like if you tried to run that, that 100 in the 17 weeks that it took you to get to marathon sort of level, like you would have, the wheels would have come screaming off probably halfway through. Because I can just imagine the mind games that would have been going on internally. Yeah, let alone your body failing you. I mean, I'm certainly not getting any younger. For anyone who watches the video, I, I look younger than I am. And uh, <laughs> and and so it's embracing all of those things, knowing uh, knowing that it's not actually going to be easy. Sometimes I wish I said, geez, I wish mm. I could stuff up mm. when I was 21. It would have been a whole lot easier. And I watched these young things galloping past me on the trail, and I cursed their good knees. But yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, you know, but so- how many of those? How many of those went screaming past you? You know, hair and tortoise style, and they didn't finish a lot because I know, yeah. I know that was something we talked about just after you completed it, and I was like, I want to do this podcast with you, and you were like, Yep, yeah, there was, and, and there, I mean, geez, maybe we'll have to do a part two, and t- you can tell <laughs> us about all those horror stories. Yeah. But, but that's the thing, right? It really is business and a hundred kilometer ultra marathon so well integrated and intertwined with their similarities yeah it was the pacing um i'll I'll, I'll sum it up really quickly adam is it was the pacing so you know it was a constant slow steady pace in which we checked ourselves and made sure we didn't go too fast Mm. early and it was knowing that we wanted to make sure that we had energy in the bank at 50k so we could get through the rest we knew we needed to keep energy in the bank. And someone said, you never, no one ever crosses the finish line of 100 and says, I wish I went harder at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I think that, that you, you've, you've weaved so many magical words throughout this presentation. I want to thank you so much for that. But yeah, that consistency, that cadence, you know, that's such, it, it's such a key to success with, with everything that we do. But um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add to wrap it up? I really want to make no, sure. No, we're going to we wrap it up now. However, I'll wrap, we'll wrap it up now. However, <laughs> there was one thing we started with Adam and I feel we're going to need to close the loop for the listeners that have stuck with us for this long. And that was the weather. Really important. Correct. Right? The weather. So uh, this particular run was down at Cos- run down at Kosciuszko, which is in the Snowy Mountains in Australia. For those of you uh, that are not quite sure where that is. And in December, it is usually sunny, very, very hot. Uh, so they had snow, they had skiable snow, had to shut the cheerless, had to shut the whole mountain in the night before the team at Ultra Trail Australia had to uh, reroute 
half the tra- trails and because we, it, we were knee-deep snow. What we ended up doing was starting at Perisher Ski Lot in the snow, snowing, and I was just like wearing shorts anyway, but we were in gloves and ha- there was uh, it was snowing and we had to uh, go up. Um, we were the first 30 kilometres were in the snow. Wow. Yeah. I never thought I'd I mean, think. talking about things out of your control, that was one of them, isn't it? Like you're preparing for it to be be hot and warm and all the things being in the middle of summer and next thing you're dealing with knee-deep snow. So, uh, yeah, look, Miranda, massive credit to you. I'm in awe. I've said this before. I'm in awe of, of just the achievement itself, but the way that you've you've tied it back to business has been beautiful today. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and also sharing that connection that you had with that that superstar that joined you for ninety eight percent of it. And and it's easy maths, right? Hundred k marathon, chase. <laughs> Thanks once again. And for those of you who are uh, you know listening out there, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to uh, send Miranda messages of love and support to inquiries at tradybusinessschool We'll make sure that uh, that she gets them. If you want to have a chat to her about that, you know, please reach out as well. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast, and please don't forget to join the free Facebook group Tradies and General Contractors Global, where we go live every week with free training, and often you get to see Miranda's smiling face in there taking those trainings too. So, Miranda, thanks once again. It's been absolute pleasure uh, listening to this story and. Um, Keep being the amazing, strong leader in in the world for women and tradies and business owners alike. Thank you. I've had a have a had a great time today, so I will leave it there. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Until next time, bye for now.